Welcome back, everybody, and thank you again for tuning in. We have some new things coming your way, but for now, be sure to find us on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter during matches and send Premier League updates, too, but we're always down to have a chat with fans all over the globe. We're also on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and run our live shows on Twitch. Click subscribe and join the conversation when we record. And as always, let us know what you think. The beautiful game is for everyone to enjoy, so keep us posted on what you want to hear more of. Now, let's have a beer. Episode 132, yeah, <laughs> Jalen's the only one cracking a can. Jalen, what are you drinking? Sorry. White Claw from the weekend. White Claw from the weekend. Oh, half of it's on the table. Yeah, which he spilled into his lap. The artist, The Weekend, came over this weekend and brought a bunch of White Claw for us. So, What flavor is that, dude? Is Blackberry. It? It's kind of fire. Oh, is that new? Yeah. Mm. It's not that new. That's not yeah. it's like New Blackberry just dropped. I've never seen it before. It's like variety pack. Four. You don't, I don't drink. Know. That's your problem. Yeah. I don't drink White Claws. It was Connor and I are not drinking. Andrew uh, is running an ultra maroon, an ultra marathon. What do they call it? Spartan ultra. A Spartan ultra. Like uh, fighting bears at the end trail. of the month, right? Yep. So you're in training October for that 1st. right now? I mean, as much as you can get. You're thinking weeks. about four it all week, the time? Four weeks out, yeah. I mean, I signed up a week ago. Yeah, Andrew will be a bit scarce on the alcohol moving forward. We'll, we'll get him a couple times, probably. Mm-hmm. A big United win. I'm sure we can. For his we birthday. Can, for so my birthday. That's tomorrow. Pod, yeah. We're going to oh, podcast yeah. my birthday dinner at uh, Lily P's Chicken and Oysters. <laughs> we'll be live. <laughs> We're going to talk about nothing while I sit there and just slurp oysters into the microphone for an hour. With like buttery fingers. Yeah, we're going to go live on Twitch. <laughs> we're like touching the roadcaster. The manager's oh. like, what is all this? <laughs> hey, what's the Wi-Fi password? Uh, we got not a lot to talk about this week, or at least it feels that way, because we had no Prem games this weekend, in case anybody living under a rock didn't, didn't know. Her Majesty the Queen passing on. Rest in peace. The league pretty much commemorated that the whole weekend. I think yeah. the country commemorated that the whole weekend. So no games, so no uh, no action to recap, no points to go over, no Liverpool shade to throw, at least just yet. No United uh, success. No United success <laughs> to... Out of here. That's crazy. No unconvincing <laughs> Spurs win, which they win, but I don't feel like they won after the game's over, <laughs> which has kind of been a theme. Uh, but there is still some things to talk about, including... The man with two first syllables that are the same, <laughs> Thomas Tuchel. Boy, that was not my best, I would say. Alliteration. Yeah, alliteration. Thanks, Connor. Minute, minute too late <laughs> with that. Thomas Tuchel has been sacked as Chelsea manager, which I think everybody understood it was definitely premature more than we expected. We did call it on the pod, but... We did call it on but We were talking about that in the group chat the next day. We were like, ah, man, this, this is rough. And not only did we call it, we called the replacement correctly as well, which we will get to after Tuchel, but... Are you guys all in agreement this was premature? If you're Todd Bowley, would you have done the same thing or given him a few more games? Yeah, I think I think it I think it was premature. I also think it's just like telling like you kind of knew it was going to happen because you looked at everybody else in the position of power at Chelsea that eventually left, like Peter Cech, like uh, Marina. I'm going to butcher her last name. Granovskoya. Granovskoya. So, and there was a couple other executives that have left, and Todd Bowley was left to make a lot of football decisions, and we heard a lot of. The speculation was Thomas Tuchel was critical of Todd Bowley and his inexperience in running a football club. So I think it's something that was going to happen. I just didn't think it happened this soon. 
I don't think it's just. I don't think. I think it's a step backwards, in my opinion. Wait, did Tuchel say anything about it, or was he? Was he it did like make a, a statement? Was it like a behind the scene thing? He downloaded Twitter just to, to make a statement. Well, he he, ma- he made a statement about like his departure, but afterwards, no, no, I meant about the Todd Bowley thing. There was a there was some like comments made in the in there seemed to be an interview. They were yeah. talking to Tuchel about the whole process of it wasn't a new like owner. Slanderous. It, was, it yeah. wasn't slanderous, but Tuchel pretty clearly stated. I think a couple times, well, he's never owned a football club before. Well, he's never owned a football club before. So he's learning and we're learning to work with him because he's never owned a football club before. Did I mention he's never owned a football (laughs) club before? So that more time that especially coming from Tuchel, who can just, I think, because of who he is, get a little bit of a rise out of people at times. That's what he's what he's been known for. One of the many things he's been known for over the years, but he can get a rise out of other managers, pundits, players alike. So, I mean, definitely premature. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, Potter was the most likely fit, but it almost seemed kind of shoehorned. Like, all right, we fired our guy, now we got our new guy. But as we said, the coaching market isn't that great. Chelsea do need sort of a hyper-specific guy. Grant Potter might understandably not be the name that people had predicted would be the next one coming in. But I don't know. It just well, It's like I was mentioning this before we started recording. I kind of thought this whole Tuchel thing was going to be like a Tuchel-Bowley link-up, where Todd Bowley's like, yeah, I know that he's sort of a a skeever, and I know he's maybe said some things that maybe not to his own intention, sort of underhanded what I'm trying to do here or who I am as a business person. Bowley comes from owning the Los Angeles Dodgers. I understand that's not the same thing, but he's had lots of success in that field as well. He's owned many different teams. He's owned many different companies, and I think for anybody, and this could be the American in me, for anybody to be skeptical, I understand that is not owning a football club is a new thing, but maybe Bowley just overall felt like, I got to get my arms around this. I feel like people here think I'm like a, a know nothing Johnny who just bounces around and is ready to write a check whenever somebody says, Hey Todd, we need money for him. And maybe he was trying to come off as more of a, a big wig than that, but this just reeked of Abramovich to me. And I'm almost wondering, like, do you think Bowley's like, this is kind of how Chelsea is. This worked for Roman for so many years. This is what I need to continue doing. Any legitimacy to that at all? Uh, I don't know. I feel like he's kind of his own man. I think Bowley isn't going to like really, he's not going to, despite that's what Abramovich used to do. I don't think that that's what initiated the decision to be made. I think the decision was a longer time coming um, than we thought. Cause from the bits that I heard, it was like Tuchel's attitude throughout. So the not premature. Process. You'd say this was not premature. I think it's I think it's the wrong decision. Uh, like I think Tuchel deserved to stay in charge with everything that he did last season and all that he held the club together. He wore more than one hat. That's not what a manager is asked to do. Um, and then I think from some of the bits that I heard, it was like Tuchel was finally happy that the window was over because he could finally just get back to managing. The, the football team, like doing his job. But through the summer, Bowley wanted him to be very involved. Yes, that's cool. A lot of managers would probably like to pick their own players, be involved in the scouting and the recruiting process. Tuchel had to do all that because Chelsea didn't have anyone in those positions to to do that. Like They let so, go so, like two of the biggest names. And, right. And, like and they brilliant. had no front office or no business executives to run the club and get them what they needed. So he had to do all of that. And then finally it comes a time where it's like, we have a team. Haven't really got to work with the team all that much. It's it's he's been doing other stuff aside from just the sheer training, getting them back on track, all that. And then that's when Bolage tries decides to just drop him like a bag of rocks. Like I don't think that's necessarily right. I think 
it, maybe it was his attitude. Like you mentioned, Tuchel is kind of an edgy guy. He's kind of like, sometimes he's like a toddler with his fists balled up. And like when he doesn't get his way, he doesn't like it. He might throw a little bit of a tantrum. But Bo- I think some of the stuff that Bowley also like state, I don't know if it was openly stated or it was just rumored, but like Tuchel, when things were going bad, rather than him like kind of acting as though he was ready to take on this challenge or kind of turn things around. He seemed somewhat complacent. And I don't Bowley certainly isn't a guy with the action that he's taken at the club that wants a complacent leader at in charge of the ship. So and Bowley's not had a quiet beginning to this Chelsea ownership. This is a window that has seen them spend three hundred million the most of any Premier League club and bringing in new players, many of whom were Tuchel appointments, specifically Tuchel selected players. So I, that that's what was puzzling to me as well was this this seemed like something that was knee jerk. Maybe Bowley felt like he, a decision he needed to make based on where things had just begun to head. But again, it's just it's very strange to me that all the money had just gone into this window for players that Tuchel had picked. On top of that, I don't. I think Potter was the best available coach, and I think they made a great move in getting that done. Impressive how quickly they got that done as yeah. well, which maybe means Potter maybe had more of a foot out the door at Brighton than we had, had realized. But right. Just strange. I mean, I, I don't. I think it'll be a few, maybe a longer while than people expect before they'll get back to playing. Like I don't know how long Potterball will take to will take to install. Really and itself, also, yeah. do you think some of these players might have a hard time buying into Potterball? Is this, do you think that could a lot of big egos on this Chelsea side? A lot of players who've just come in for a lot of money. I'm not. And this is not to judge the character of any of the players. It's just this is something that happens in in Premier League. I, Tuchel, it, I definitely think it throws players off their. Uh, What's Aubameyang thinking? Yeah, he's like, no, I literally just got here to play for Tuchel. Throws not even. In, complete, I think it throws them off. And like Koulibaly, Aubameyang, you can say Sterling too. Those players that are they're they're moving from big clubs to join a big manager, another big club, and, and it's no disrespect to Grand Potter. He's a he's successful in what he's done at Brighton, but I think there's definitely going to be some confusion or doubt amongst those types of players. Cucurella will probably enjoy it just because he knows how Grand Potter works and he had a successful season last year. So, um, yeah, I think it will, it will be interesting to see how those players adjust. And I think it'll tell a lot if Graham can get them playing better than Tuchel did. And it could, it can show the man management that he's able to instill <coughs> in, in the club. But I guess it's all we can only guess and for now and kind of just wait and see how it plays out. I, like I said, I think it's a step backward. This isn't a disrespect to Potter, but two shows much more proven. He's he's managed some of the biggest teams in the world, and he was let go abruptly. Yes, there was signs leading to it, which is, is fair to say, but I still think that a little bit more time should have been given considering, like Connor said, he, he had to get – he had to, he dealt with all of the controversy of Abramovich and of – he was asked questions about the war in Ukraine with Russia and Ukraine. And he was just like, I'm just a football coach. I'm here to just Mm. like manage my team. Like, I don't know what's going on with the ownership. I can only do what I'm asked to do. And so he was dealing with a lot of that stuff and and dealing with it in the best way he possibly could. So he's done a lot for the club and obviously new ownership comes in. So that means that's kind of thrown out the window and it's unfortunate for him. But um, yeah, like I said, a step backwards in management, but hopefully Grand Potter can come in for Chelsea fans and, and for the club and get them playing some sort of football that gets some goals. Like That seems to be the biggest uh, um, negative part of, their, of the game itself is their inability to score. It's obviously it, conceding, but... Does it get better or worse for Chelsea from here? 
I think probably a little worse before if, it gets better. Before yeah, it gets better, yeah, yeah. I also too think we will see a very active Chelsea outgoing window in January. Uh, just again, you brought up earlier the Cucurella Grand Potter relationship. I'm sure that will help Cucurella. And maybe this is going a little bit too far. Maybe he's happier than I realize. But players like Ben Showell, who will say, "Well, now I probably have even less playing time because this guy." sort of came up under this manager who's now going to be coming in. He'll have, he'll look at every player differently. You'd hope he is, has a more objective look at all the players that are there and can kind of do a reset, but not, and not a reset meaning clear everybody and replace them, but reset in terms of, okay, this is where this guy's playing now. Does he stay in my lineup depending on what I'm asked for? But I don't know. I, I I'm a little bit skeptical and I also think there'll be some players like like Ziak would be on that list who already kind of had a foot out. I think there'll be a lot of players come January saying, yeah, I'm going to be needing a, a loan out move or something like yeah. that. I yeah. also think that you were asking about the whole, is it Todd Bowley taking over Abramovich style of sacking a manager? Grant Potter is not a, a manager you bring in to get a quick fix. So if he's not doing that, if he's not adopting the Abramovich way, then that's good news for him. But if he is planning to do this abrupt sacking uh, coaching cycle, then it's he's the wrong person. You like to think it's a it's a project appointment, right? He's you just, like to think Foley goes. This is where I can. Tuchel was here when I got here, but this is somebody I can say I I can take credit for bringing in and for building Chelsea into a new, better, more successful, more maybe modern style of play club. I don't even think you can say that though because. It's. I don't think it's going to be that way because he would have done that in the beginning of the summer. He would have sacked Tuchel. Agreed. He would have had a reset right when he got into the club with management. And to put it all to to think, just Todd Todd Bowley's never ran a, has never run a football club. What if things get really worse before they get better? Is he gonna like pull the exit button and and or like and just completely sack him well, and, I, and I, start over again for next summer? Or is it? Is it going to be give him till the end of the season into next and see what he does and then sack him if it doesn't go well next season? So it's kind of it's such a confusing yeah. appointment where because I, I think Grand Potter is a long term solution rather than a quick fix because he's never managed at this level of play and this size of the club. At, at some point, Bowley is going to have to put his money where his mouth is and he's going to he's going to put his toes to the fire. Like there is a point where that is going to come. Right now, I think. He might have come in hoping that all would have worked out with Tuchel, so maybe that's why he didn't axe him right as he walked in yeah. the door. Um, I think there is potential that Grant Potter is in the best situation possible right now because I'm on the flip side of the argument with the player perspective. I think that the players right now are very happy that he's coming in, especially the attacking players, because they were very unhappy. Um, and I think that was publicly known that there were attacking players. I mean, there's Pulisic, um, Ziyech, very unhappy with the attacking style that Tuchel played, and it was play my type of football rather than allowing them creative liberties going forward. Um, so I think Grand Potter is going to give those, those liberties so he can immediately be the man in favor. But when it comes to Bowley, I think American owners, okay, if, if Graham is selected as a project guy, which I hope he is because he's not going to, like you said, 20 mil for him. Or else it's the most depressing so. January sacking yeah. ever. Right. And it's, it's not or a even, quick or fix even, with Or him. even next summer sack. Like, yeah. this, if, it, if, it's, if, it's, if he's sacked in the early stages of next season, it's still ridiculous. Yeah. And he is a manager that can get incredibly quick results and turnarounds out of his team. He did it with Brighton. Yeah. Like, the impact that he made instantly with the club was astounding, and he's done it on at multiple locations. But American owners have this tendency of, 
as soon as the press ramps up, as soon as times are tough and that difficult period comes, they cave to the pressures of the press as opposed to sticking to their guns. And that's where if Bowley is in that situation, we're going to see if he is this iron-fisted leader of, no, I'm going to do things my way. I trust my gut despite me not having run a football club before. I've run sports teams, major sports organizations, businesses, etc. So I'm going to do it my way. If he does that and backs Graham, that's that's where we're really going to see what kind of owner he's going to yeah. be. But if he turns into this toxic sort of, I don't know, like cronky or... Um, the, Glazers. Yeah, Glazers, like running of the club, I think. And he caves to the pressures where United goes through a ton of managers in a short period of time, that kind of stuff. I don't... That's where I want to see what Bully is actually going to do. Because right now, he, he's kind of just like, okay, I'll throw money at the problem. I'll get rid of the manager. It, it doesn't hurt that much. Now, now it is his club. Now it is his players. Now it is his manager. So now what happens when it's not a smooth sailing road? We'll see. I'm, I am curious. I feel like the thing I'm least sure of going into this whole, this whole situation is it's not necessarily so important how they look the first couple match weeks with Graham at the helm, but just moving forward, there's been a lot of breakdown videos, a lot of uh, stylization videos about what he can bring to this Chelsea team in terms of the players they already have, what might help in terms of additions. I don't think a lot of times coaches who have been where he's been go to a team. It does require some rebuilding, but he's walking into a, a not, I would not even remotely call it a sinking ship, but he's coming into a struggling ship that has every player he could possibly ask for windows and windows worth of players. He could no <laughs> players. He would have never been able to get up. Right. And so I, I, I like your uh, bright side of it where, where let's just assume that this goes really well. And let's assume the players are really on board and maybe he was the exact guy they wanted the same way. A lot of the United guys wanted 10 hog. Maybe, maybe Potter's the guy that all the Chelsea guys were like, yeah, but if we can bring him in, then this, this could be all right. And I think another thing too, we've heard players say, many of the Tottenham players have praised Graham Potter when things were not going well, when we were in our like Mourinho Nuno era, a lot of the players had mentioned Graham Potter is like helps that he's English, but it, a manager who could really come in and that they could really get behind. So you're right. Maybe it, maybe it creates a resurgence and the, and the game player turns around, but it just, all, these just seem like a bunch of pieces that don't fit. Bowley and Potter both seem like pieces that do not fit into the Chelsea puzzle for me that I think Bowley can make Potter as puppet if he needs to which like is a, is a factor. And I think even if the positivity is there from the players with Potter, he plays a very intricate style and he has a lot of tactical, I don't know, like efficiencies to his game that will probably will take a lot of time. So energy morale might be high, but I think seeing the results might take a little bit more time because of the complexity of how he plays. Or he'll come in and just completely get things rolling. That'd be crazy. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but that'd be crazy. What so formation does usually play? What? 4-2-3-1? It was four. Uh, yeah, it was a four at Brighton. The back four at Brighton. A, no, he played a 3-4-3. Three, three. It, it's played, like a modified 3-4-3. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's dependent on the team. It that switches in-game. Yeah. Like, it'll it'll look like a four back at times, and then it'll switch to a three, depending on if they're in or out of possession. It's, it's and like they, I said, it's they, complicated. They, there's examples on YouTube, and they talked about when he wants, he wants to play each system so it's the back line midfield and forwards and he wants to make each th- each progression a problem solving situation so i think he brought the defensive mid back to a center back position opening space to create because it draws the players out and then it creates a whole gap so 
he, so, he did all, it against Elites. He did it yeah. differently as well, where Rafinha sat high on the left side, so he couldn't get away with three center backs because then Rafinha is much closer to goal. So then he slides, he plays with an outside back or a four back to pin Rafinha deeper. Um, and those outside back runs make Rafinha stay way further away from goal. But you're at Chelsea now. You don't adapt. You don't play two other teams. You don't pick a style or make changes in your, yeah, sure. Little changes, but you don't completely change your gameplay based on your opponent. You, yeah. you pick a style, yeah. that's your Stick style. And that's what you make play. adjustments at half right. if, if need be, but he, he will have better players. <laughs> if, if this is uh, a system Potter uses that requires wingbacks to do a lot of work. First, let's say the Brighton team has been fantastic this season. So if anybody, if anybody, this could translate, it would probably be him, but he will have better wingbacks at Chelsea. He can maybe ask more of who can give more during the game too. So let's assume it goes really well. Maybe there's, and which is not good then for the, for our no, teams no. who are ahead of Chelsea right now. Then it just comes another, now that United are good too. It's like, geez, I thought I was kind of counting on some of these teams being bad this year. So it's going to open things up a lot more. But speaking of opening things up, Napoli opened up Liverpool's back line with ease in the Champions League, and you got a tough one against Ajax tomorrow. But, Connor, what is going on right now? Your squad sucks. <laughs> We're injured, bro. No, uh, it's this is a, it's a new-look side. He said that with no shame. Hey, yeah. Andrew, you're going to uh, let him say I don't have the energy right I now. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know how So I'm the Napoli game on. was abysmal. Klopp said it himself. He thinks that's the worst performance that we've had under his reign. Like, and that or Aston Villa. That included he he noted the Aston Villa performance, and he was like, at least in that game, despite us not scoring, we created some chances, and like everything went right for Aston Villa on that day. Like they had things going in off the post, deflections, everything like that. But Napoli literally just picked us apart. Gomez was god awful on the day. Gomez had a nightmare. Trent caught a lot of heat, but it was just the whole. He team. didn't catch anything. Well, no, yeah, he stood, he stood and trotted back, but <laughs> he wished he could catch heat. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it was it was a horrible performance. It is a transition period. We don't really know. I think I touched on it. At what week two? We don't know what kind of football we really want to play yet. Um, but the biggest thing going into tomorrow is that we need to defend first. We we don't need to worry about attacking, despite us not being able to attack. Like we need to go back to the basics. Klopp talked about getting energy from just challenges. When you're winning challenges, you get energy as a player right. on the pitch. So that creates momentum. And then with that, you can carry the performance forward and hopefully create end product. But right now it, we need to defend. I think he's looking for a clean sheet. It's going to be difficult to get against Ajax. That's a, you're playing a team that isn't known for their adhesiveness for their uh, very, very distinct and, and strict setup. They don't far out. They don't sway out of that. So I feel like if you played Napoli again, maybe you can beat them. But the, the, the result against Ajax tomorrow is like a in, in a supremely high mountain to climb now because because they're such an organized side that they, they will thrive the most against a club like Liverpool right now where kind of not sure where the identity, where the strengths are going to come from. So mm -hmm. I think we are home tomorrow, which helps, helps us. Ajax had some turnover, despite them typically being a very cohesive unit. They have been. I think they're undefeated in the league. Um, but they obviously new manager. They lost some very crucial players. So they, bought, they played really well against Rangers. It's going to be a test for Ajax as well, playing Liverpool. But, I mean, right away, Rabo's out. I think Gomez, Kanate are going to be out. Hopefully Matip is healthy. Otherwise, 
It's going to be Phillips probably. Matip's becoming more and more um, important. Van Diesel. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, um, something that Lawrence touched on on the kickoff was the fact that like when Matip did come in, we looked a lot more sound defensively. Maybe Napoli wasn't pushing as high. Um, but then we get into midfield. I don't know. Like James Milner is actually hurt, so he's not going to be able to play, which is good for us, I think. Um <laughs> I, I just I don't know what to expect tomorrow. I don't know what the lineup is going to look like. I don't know what we're going to play. I we might just sit in. I don't like we might try to get back to playing on the counter like we did in the very earliest of Klopp days. We have we have Darwin. He can stretch us. He can get in behind. Like do you think, do you think is Arthur that what gonna, we do? Arthur will get a start. I don't know. He looked. It's crazy. He's a new player, but still not quite what you guys he, are looking for. Yeah, he came on against um, Napoli. It was late, late stages. Um, kind of a tough situation. He just kind of like, not that there was much to do, but he just kind of looked like he was like a ball holder or like protector. He didn't do anything creative. Um, I also don't think he's going to be a defensive asset. Like he's not going to offer enough coverage to play. Maybe like, he wasn't planning on being one because a team like yeah, Liverpool, so hard, everybody you know? does their job so well typically. Nobody needs to get dragged out of position where I think that's, when you look at it, when you look at them play right now, it's like that's so obviously what's happening is now everybody's trying to overcompensate and do too much when the person to their left and right never really put a foot wrong before yeah. that. So, and I would say, and then not to like, I don't want to create too much drama, but say result doesn't go your way tomorrow, you guys find yourselves o two in the Champions League group. I mean, as a fan of the club, like, is this as Champions League now kind of becoming already becoming secondary? Are you then looking forward to, okay, let's get our Prem record back on track and make sure we can secure top four to get back into Champions League? After 0 2 in that group, are you kind of, has reality set in or? I mean, if we go 0 2, I think it's still the top priority is finding our form. Um, Luckily, we're not going to be playing too many games in the coming weeks, which helps us, gives Klopp a second little preseason. But uh, it's going to be hard. I don't know that we're going to like strive and really push to get out of the group. I think Klopp is just going to trust his style of football to carry us through the group. If we do go down 0-2, it's going to be hard. Maybe we duck out early. I'd be disappointed um, because the league is probably going to be out of touch within a month and a half. Because Spurs are in just such good form. Yeah, yeah. Because Spurs by that time um, they'll have created too much space, and we know what happens. So, <laughs> when it works. Um, but I, yeah, I, I really, I haven't even thought about that. I, I feel like I've been thinking I feel about like it it's all like day. premature to think about giving up on the Champions League. I don't think, yeah, I said it from, I want to, I think we're a dark horse. It's like we squeak out of the group, then we immediately become a very dangerous team. Yeah. And you get players, fit, you get players yeah. fit again. And then yeah. So squeak. So I think I, maybe it's right now I'm being careful what I say about Liverpool. I'm kind of yeah. just enjoying the shit storm because I know that at any minute. As you should. It could completely turn hope around. we don't sort it out. Well, I think then you'll have two more losses on your season. (laughs) Well, we'll see about that. If City can't beat us, Connor, then I don't know if Liverpool can. But uh, no, but I mean, it's you're right, Jalen. Probably premature to to call out of any competition. It's still you. You can still say it's too early for all these competitions. But geez, the group just seems so much harder now. Going in, I was like a pretty delicious. Like, oh man, these are all going to be very good games. You could interchange any any of these clubs, but. Especially more so now, but I mean, we'll see. Maybe this, maybe this day off could do you, 
Do you good going into next weekend, right? We just need to get through tomorrow. We need to do whatever it takes to get through tomorrow. A draw is a great result against Ajax at this point. Just to stop the bleed. You guys are are away, right? You guys are away? Home. I'm pretty pretty sure home. You're home? We were away last week. I don't know if that's... I don't know how the schedule works. Who's the fourth team in your group? Uh, It's... Let me think. It's it's Napoli, Ajax, it's Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine Rangers spank Liverpool. Right now, I could. Yeah, that's just the, the confidence not is not high right now. I want to see where uh, what's his name's at, Calvin Ramsey. So oh yeah, he signed from. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I forget where, but he's a right back. I don't know if he'd ever slide in front of Trent, but it's just complacency too. Like you saw how we defended. Like Van Dyke's been really complacent. He's he's usually very relaxed, but it looks to the point where it's too relaxed now when we actually have defending to do. Trent's very casual. They said he, like, never gave up a penalty before that, like, this yeah, year. Yeah, it's, like, an outrageous Now, now it's, like, now it's like two. Three, or two, yeah. two. Yeah, Milner gave up one, but I don't know. It's I think like, it's a spell of bad form, and to think that Liverpool were never going to face this is just kind of naive. My opinion. Then call me naive because I never expected. I mean, that. literally, I never expected he, anything. But you could see, you could see glimpses of it last season when, or the season before that, when players went down injured and and everything went back to that, and they still, yeah, they invested in a striker. But they got result. But remember how crazy it was driving me because they'd signed somebody named Nathaniel Phillips out of a championship team who would come in and look like a world beater immediately, and they would get a clean sheet or a win. So that's probably why, to me, I'm like, I I never imagined this because. They could do no wrong before for seasons. Doesn't matter. They signed somebody, brought somebody new in. It always worked out. Everybody drank yeah, the Kool Aid. They fit, and everybody could get a result when they really needed to. Yeah, but I think look at City, where they have another whole starting eleven that can come in and do the job just as well. Liverpool don't have that, and you can see, you're seeing it right now. So yeah, no, it was working out, and I, I'm not saying I I called it from miles away, but it's I'm not shocked Liverpool are doing poorly. Like it's it's not like sh- it's not as shocking as it should be because. It's just, it's I get what you're saying. I'm more shocked. I get what you're saying, but you're also the same person. Both of you are the same people that criticize the shit out of us for having six center backs. So it's like we did add depth. We added depth two summers ago. And midfield, your midfield is so weak right now. We added Carvalho. Elliot's coming back off injury. Like those are players that are expected to slide in. But they're but they're not getting the job done. Clearly, I mean, City have City have players that can come in and do the job. Can get into any probably first team in the in the top six. The most business that you probably thought Liverpool needed to do was sign one midfielder this summer. Yes, I think one one more midfielder. Yeah, and and Arthur that that wouldn't fix these issues. And Arthur was a panic buy. I mean, he's alone. It was just, it was a must need. We needed someone to fill the roster spot. Like, we needed that. And you could, but you could. We didn't buy him. We didn't do what United does. We didn't go throw money at him. Okay, I used the wrong word. Well, okay. I think that's not my point. The point is that you did not get, you did not make a smart decision in midfield and you spent 75 million on a forward. Yes, hopefully it panned out. Which we needed. Sadio Mane left the club. If we didn't sign an attacking player, I know, but you just as much had our But continue to invest in other areas like the midfield. Well, that's a business decision in signing a player. And on, it's clearly and, and the, the business gonna, decision to not to not. That's invest a business in. decision in knowing the player that you want to go get in Jude Bellingham, and you don't spend money this summer. Okay, then you're going to go suffer do it. for it. You're going to you're suffering right now because of that. One midfielder, Jude Bellingham, and if we brought him this summer. If, if yes, because Kanate's hurt, Matip hasn't played. Those are our choice center backs. I know, but you and a lot of it comes from midfield as well. You, an ability to control one the midfield. midfielder. If Jude Bellingham was playing in the midfield right now, he would not solve these issues. Because it would still be 
Harvey Elliott, brought up the Jude front Bellingham, three and all and not scoring that many goals. That's kind of well, that's part so of eyes off, radar. So eyes off form, but he's also being pushed far wider to create space for our central striker. It, Diaz kind of plays Where solo. Where did Diaz go? He he's, plays he's solo down wide. quite a bit. He, he plays solo wide left. I don't, I'm not. But I'm not I don't, I don't, disagreeing I, with anybody's yeah, I'm point. Not, I'm not like shitting him. Like you're making my argument seem like. I don't understand why you're well, offended you're make, by the. I'm just saying it's, you're making it's just, it sound like we needed to sign a laundry list of players and like we're not doing good business. Keeping up with City is impossible for Liverpool. Yes, but you also have to understand that Liverpool doesn't have City's financial back. You have money. It's not the you, same in club infrastructure. I'm not I saying, I'm not compare I'm apples not, to I'm oranges. Not, but I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it is. City City signed Calvin Phillips to I'm not sit on their bench. I'm not he hasn't saying played for them this season. I'm not saying it's the same infrastructure, but I still think there could have been more. Investment so how can made it not squad. be the same infrastructure? But then you expect us to keep pace with the not, spending of not City. Not with every single. Not with a full eleven that can play. And I'm not saying you need to do that, but certain certain positions need to be assured up. That if injuries do take place, that there's no issues there, and that's your backline. I don't think midfield. you can do that with the number of injuries. We and then, have you, right and then you're. Forward. I think you're trying to make two points at once that don't make sense. You're trying to say we should have signed more players when we like. You're making it sound we should have signed like three or four players, which you didn't. Even, no one thought Liverpool needed coming into the season, which we don't need because when we're healthy. We're we're good to go. I think midfield. I always thought they need, they've always needed. You, depth. you think we really need to sign yes. two to three midfielders? This? I'd say two. Yeah. So then our midfield well, is James then, Milner G- and and uh, Jordan Henderson are two players that were falling off last season. Jordan yes. Henderson still has potential to play this season. No one thought the fall yeah. off was going to come. Now I'll I'll give you that. I'm I'm I not coming into this as like when it comes to Liverpool. It's not for me like a haha gotcha told you so because like you said when we were going into this season we were assessing every club down to every single player they brought in how they looked. Everybody was very fine with with Liverpool's sort of. That's the word I'm thinking well, of. You're always aware of their injury. Their the injuries well, playing a factor because how, every time aware, every, every we didn't have any last every season. time every time Liverpool play poorly, it's oh well look, Van Dyke's out or oh, this player Van that's Dyke my, hasn't been out. But, but like, but, it, my, but, but that's my, my point is that you that, can't that, account for the number but, but of injuries the, but that the we injuries, have. But man. the injuries are so blatantly there that like oh, it's if one Kanate play, played all last if, season. If one player's gone, your system falls apart. Is no, it's not. Man, it seems to be that way. Four starters that are gone. Okay. Bravo's been in and out of the team so far this entire season. Fabinho just came back. He's played one and a half matches. Then Henderson's hurt. He's been in and out. James Milner's now hurt. It, it's yeah, but like those aren't. I mean, Darwin was Henderson and Darwin Henderson and Milner banned. are two players that I think are as critical as Konate and Keita's injured. And Fabinho. Keita's a non-factor. We should have sold him, but that's about it. It's like. I don't know. You're just saying this. We should have done well, more business. Look, I, is like I do want to make sure Liverpool. we do talk about some of the other Champions League games coming up. But each of you take like fif- 15 seconds. Andrew, and what do you think is the main problem at Liverpool? Like what's caused it and what can be done to reprimand it? I think it's the attack. Front three has been subpar. Is obvious one. And it's just injuries and the lack of players filling. Not, those not, not expecting the injuries and bringing in new guys yes. who can fit that CV. But I think honestly the forwards, I think scoring goals is the biggest issue too. Probably the probably the bigger issue. It didn't get brought up that much during the debate, I would say, too, because uh, we're so busy looking at how the, their midfield's usually a machine and they're defensively, they never put a foot wrong. But I, I don't know. I, I think, like, we look at players like Son who have gotten a lot of goal-scoring flack, but, like, I don't know. I when I I don't think anybody's unbenchable, so I don't know that the the solution would be like, oh, keep riding those front three. You know, if we're going to talk about maybe bringing in new players, maybe you need more goal-scoring depth, more offensive depth, because... You're relying on those three right now, and they look pretty out of it. But, but well, what's his 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Connor. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a matter of time. Like, the front three hasn't played together. If, if you look at our starting front three, hasn't played together all that much. Jota's finally coming back off injury. I think he offers a lot of goals in this team. I don't think that's someone that a lot of people even remember is in the side. Um, Guilty. And, and as players continue to come back, like, we'll be fine. I think Liverpool did do enough this summer to get us through the season. It might not be the season of last, but, like, we signed – we signed a midfielder. We signed a right back. These are all players. We signed a striker. These are all players that add depth to our side. And I, I think it should be enough to get us done with what our financial situation looks like. And if we don't get Jude next season, that's when it's like. You could be looking look at a owners. new era, yeah, a new exactly. era of Liverpool. Maybe we're lowering the bar a little bit, but everything, everything this season does seem to kind of be building up to that potential Jude move. Everything is just slowly trickling and falling into place. Crazy how it's all around one player. That's actually so fucking crazy. Well, every, every club's done it. My club did it. We didn't get him, yeah. but still. No, well, I, I thought you were going to say like the ju- too I many. Like, I, feel like Jude's I, bigger, I, I feel like Jude's the biggest one that I've seen as of recent. I mean, I mean, too many. They spent a hundred million on. No, like like, like, like planning so far. Oh. Like, yeah, like around one 80. guy. Like the talk is like it's formulating yeah, like a year ago. Yeah, I mean, it's just because seventy. That's a lot of pressure. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not. It's because he's he's definitely up there. Yeah, he's English and he's. Is he? I didn't know. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, he's from Birmingham. Name like Jude. I just yeah. thought he was gone. Jude and Job, baby. Maybe we'll get Job. We should have just bought Job this summer, and then we would have had like his little fill in. There, there is another sumptuous Champions League game involving Jalen's club. You guys got Leipzig, and that's a that's Leipzig. an informed club right now. They've just beaten Bayern and Bundesliga, I believe, right? They yeah. just got a huge result. They're like they, they beat Dortmund. They're surging right now. That's a pretty good Did club. They beat Dortmund? I, was it Dortmund? They either beat Dortmund or they beat. Are we beat, talking about Leipzig? Yes, I think they. They have Kunku, the hot boy from last last season. They got Werner. Yeah, who's like his form's falling back in. So that one's Wednesday at three p.m. I'm definitely Damn, gonna have my eyes on they that have game. Lamer. They three nilled Dortmund. Three nil Dortmund. Where are they in the table? I think they they're... also beat uh, Titonia Ottensen eight nil. <laughs> That's, Great. That's disgusting. Well, when you beat Tatonia Odinson 8 0, you're going to turn some heads. I mean, uh, we're still perfect in uh, every competition, so. Tottenham tricky match at Lisbon tomorrow. I've heard that's a very difficult place to go. Are you playing play. sporting? Sporting yeah. Lisbon. At, ah, uh, fuck, the name of the stadium escapes me. I've known it right up until this moment right here, but uh, that'll be good. And I didn't want to put you on the spot. I was going to say, I didn't write yeah. this down as something I did want to talk about, say, but yeah. I mean, we do have a little bit of time. I would like to hear your thoughts on. United Sociedad because it did it was kind of disappointing it did feel kind of like a step back I know that the, maybe they're seeing the game differently but were you kind of bummed at the at the result the VAR car was absolutely abysmal yeah but even then like to you play, said Fred was really bad Fred Casemiro was like, Fred wasn't great probably play the worst first half probably worst football I've ever seen him play he tried to take everything on for himself and his decision making in the final third was poor um, which was like a it was just so. It, it just shows you the type of players that we had that we were we relied on for so long and in the Europa League last season. And I, I think I wasn't going into that game thinking, oh, we're gonna like sweep the floor with. Sociedad. Oh yeah, they're that's a good team. It's a good team, good side, and um, it's still United. Like things aren't one hundred percent fixed, and it was also it wasn't the full first team, and there's yeah. not every player is acclimated to Ten Hag style. So I was disappointed, but I'm not letting this one result like be like. Like I'm not gonna go from beating Liverpool and beating um, Arsenal and then like being on this high, and then getting a result like that and just being like oh like you know up and down like right. fluctuating. So yeah, it's definitely sh- 
it's definitely difficult, but these European competitions aren't easy. And for United, they've ne- they haven't been easy over the past ten years. So, no, nah, I'm, I'm not like too caught up in it. I think if we lose to Sheriff tomorrow, there'll be a lot more there'll be a lot more emotion on my face. Yeah. But it's all right, man. Good teams lose to Sheriff. Yeah, yeah. for real. <laughs> There's some giants yeah. who have taken but, L's. To but Sheriff. yeah, no, it's definitely a result that. It, it shows you that the progress is there's still a, much, a lot more progress to, to be had and and not all these players are, are uh, Manchester United players. So, And to close, gentlemen, we have one new player in the Premier League. It's past the window. Wouldn't say it was a deadline day deal because deadline day had ended, but thanks to some nice legal work going on in the visa world, Diego Costa <laughs> is now a wolf. That's He's so, now a wolf. That's so scary. He's going to like bite <laughs> someone's head off. I le- yeah. when I saw his face, it like brought to mind when he was at Chelsea, and he and he was like the most hateable human being on He's like the planet. He's an underrated number nine for the, sure. The prim, oh my god, he does the dirty Chelsea, stuff. He was so he was he was, a, he was a manimal, oh, so good. But he that's the thing is watching him. He does a lot of the gritty, dirty things. He kind of maybe this is kind of a shout, but he kind of to me reminds you of like Giroud a little bit, where you can say what you want about Giroud, but Giroud. Puts in a lot of hard work during his shift. He makes does work hard make to make space. He finds himself open a bit. He helps a lot of the players around him get assists. So I, this this could be a pretty good fit. It's sort of a, a weird one in a way, but Costa is more like power though than Giroud is more like he's like six foot five finesse. Yeah. Giroud's tar- got that big forehead. And, That's yeah. what you're looking and at. And he's sleek on the ball, but like Gail Costa is running behind, win a header. Score a crazy bike kick if you and like, pull someone's or, hair or, fifty or yards back when no one saw it. Like he's just he don't really know what you're going to get with him because he's, he's so yeah he's a menace. But in all the right ways for a club and scoring goals, I I think his interview he was saying like I still have plenty left. Like people were asking like why he's continuing or is this like a good move for him considering his age, his form, and he says yeah. he's, he's like I would have not made this move, right. but I didn't think I had more to give. And hopefully with Wolves, I mean, I think it's I think it's a good pickup for Wolves because if you just ha- have a guy, a good mutual move. That's honestly. a good. That's an outlet, man. I mean, they have Jimenez, but he's ever since his injury, I think he's yeah. been on the decline. And you have a different type of player, and you have a Costa, but still a target man in, in his size. So where'd that kid Fabio go? Did they get loaned out. Carvalho, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's having like a crazy season. No, it's not. It's not Fabio Carvalho. No, it's, it's uh, the, uh, sorry, Fabio with the long curly hair, Is right? It Fabio Louis. Fabio. No, that's Douglas Luiz. I know who you mean, though. The guy with the... Yeah. I know what you mean. I thought it was just Silva. Fabio. Fabio, Fabio Silva. Silva. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of Portuguese <laughs> players. He's having league. a crazy season, I'm pretty sure. Just like, what's his name? Yeah, he's four goals a season already. Where? Um, Jeez. What country? Belgium. Uh, Anderlecht. The pro. Oh, okay. okay. Costa does come from Mineiro, it was. Atletico Mineiro. Brazilian club, right? Pretty yeah. Sure. So, it is, if yeah. you want to talk about... If you want to just completely make it like this like oh is it a big club move is this a, a club that he usually play for it kind of seems like it might be a slight jump from Monero in terms of maybe club size i'm not sure maybe if you pit it's the two a, clubs it's a, it's a jump other, it's a it's, it's a pretty it's, good it's, jump you're going it's, to the number one side in england i mean yeah. it's still number one in brazil but yeah competition is different over yeah there. right so i think i'm I, excited he may like people may be thinking he's out of his depth at this point with his age um but how old is he like 34 35 yeah but i still think he's He's been on a decline since he Seems left. like he should be like 40. Goals in all comps. He's you guys got to pick this season. He's only 33. Yeah, but how many goals? Did he, who, where, what Europe? He was at Atletico Madrid Yeah, he had, before, uh, before Minero. Yeah, Atletico, he didn't really do too much. He was there for 
um, what, four years? I, if I were to guess 10 goals for Costa in all comps this season, That's that would seem lot. high to me. Yeah. That would seem, I'm trying to think of FA, Carabao. Premier League. I, I mean, that, I mean, it's doable. Ten, I don't know. I feel like you would have to start, and I feel like ten in all comps would. Yeah, be, that's true. But would be doable. But I guess he wouldn't I'd say start, like six. I think he scores six. Do you get? Is, is, is he the, is he the immediate like backup striker? They signed him yeah. because they needed a striker. They had a player uh, whose yeah, name it, escapes me. Who just had an injury. He went down with an injury. I think a knee injury. Who was their striker? Oh, Huang. What happened to him? Oh, Huang. No, it was a different Sasha something. It was. I believe it was a Russian player. We have Jimenez and Huang Hichan. Yeah, there was like rumor that somebody on Wolves just went down. Might be leaving, um, was it only a loan? It's a contract until the end of the season, so I think it's a contract that's just. It's kind of like the Christian. Did, he, did he sign in uh, January? Costa? No, no, Huang. Oh, I don't. I don't think, January. I don't so think so. That would make sense. Like a year and a half. Uh, I don't know, but beat six me. goals. I think he gets. But welcome back. I think six he gets goals. Ten, I, think, think? I think ten goals. Ten in all comps. Yeah. Uh, Jay, I'm giving him like six. Six. I think six is a six is he's a just more like three bet. power oh, headers. Moment he steps <laughs> he, up, he might. Like, I feel like maybe he'll just like some spark will be reignited. In him. For whatever reason, I picture like a 55 year old body with like Diego, Costa, <laughs> like so kind of a beer gut, up. or like a hockey player's yeah. body. But yeah, with like a, I just think he must be so player. out of shape by now. He's playing regularly. Yeah, I don't know. I still think he's probably I, ripped. He, was it, it doesn't seem like a, there's a whole lot expected of him. He's obviously been vocal about saying, I'm ready and I can give this club a lot more than what maybe people expect. But he kind of comes in with not a terribly high expectation. They they really needed a player based on some injuries, which was yeah. which was strange. A few of the Sa- athletic writers Sasa were... Kaladic. Thank you. Uh, a few of the athletic writers were like, it was kind of... It did feel like... It was super urgent, and no one really knew why. People were like, "What are Wolves having that many roster issues? We just didn't know about." But uh, not that much is being asked of him. It seems he might just jump in and say, "Hey, go out and put a shift. Be irritating, be <laughs> be clawy, be scratchy, piss off center backs, and just try and get some good touches." Go but, get Darwin Nunez sent off. <laughs> Diego would run from the opposite side of the field to piss off Nunez. Yeah, he would. Oh yeah, he's a fuckhead, but He'd it's like hilarious. flick his ear or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Or, uh, Costa, man, he who used to get into it with I think it was Hazard all the time. They would like literally argue with each other on the field. There was a game when they were playing Spurs. I remember oh, many seasons ago when Costa was there, and it was those two were just screaming at each other the whole time. It was amazing. He's a scary dude. He's very scary. He like can physically dominate the big yeah. center backs in the a league. A big imposing striker who's terrifying is it? There's not too many of them roaming the earth right now. No, but. That's pretty much it, guys. It was a light week. We're hoping for some more to talk about next week. I'm sure there will be. Definitely. I mean, a couple games got postponed this weekend. And, yes. Uh, we get a couple in. A couple moving around. but They spaced them. There's two Friday matches. I think there's three or four on Saturday, and then I think two on Sunday. A few a few teams aren't playing this weekend. I know that once there's been a few call-offs. Leeds United and Chelsea-Liverpool both not happening. So due to police... I think Palace's game got called off, too. Mm. I think Palace, yeah. Palace got called off, too. Right in Palace. But that's it, folks. Thank you for joining the Howlers Podcast. Be sure to check out all of our content through our link tree, Apple uh, Podcast, Spotify, like, and subscribe. We'll see you very soon. Bye-bye now.